What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a podcast with no name. <laughs> I think that's just going to be the thing, the pod with no name. But because uh, we still haven't we still haven't agreed on one. And I just realized that as I was going into the intro. But uh, yes, we are back for official episode two, actual episode three. You will never see episode two because it was a flaming disaster. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it, it did not work the way that we wanted it to. So we're trying again with some new hardware. We're using a new streaming service. It should be nice and crispy today. Fingers crossed. So speaking of crispy, where's Josh? Josh is trying to <laughs> unfry whatever problems he's having on his end. Uh, he may be joining us shortly. We shall see. Um, we may just be powering through just you and I I'm today. I'm totally down to do that. Down to clown. Down to clown. So today we are doing, I have a couple little announcements that I just want to go through real fast. Um, and then we are going to be talking about, first of all, what makes a bike great? Because I think that there's a lot of differences between people about what makes a motorcycle awesome. And it changes so much from rider to rider that like, Clearly, a lot of people love the Versus 650, and we don't. <laughs> or at least I don't. Uh, sorry to keep beating that horse, Versus people. I just don't like your motorcycle, and that's okay. Uh, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about what our favorite bikes are mm -hmm. as a result of all that. And then we're going to be talking with the Discord people uh, on the back end of this. We're going to see what their favorite bikes are and what they use to categorize a motorcycle as awesome. So, with all of that being said, let's dive on in. Okay, so, before we get into topics proper, I have a few just, like, points of order that I wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, we're going to try to be doing the podcast every week. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be something we're, we're fingers crossed, going to do uh, as long as we get, um, like, a setup that's really good and we can just set it up rock and roll and get going as long as we're alive as long as we're alive yeah and then uh once that's rolling we're going to be doing the meme contest uh that we're bringing that back <gasps> and josh is he back he's oh here back. we go hello hello hurry let him in he's let sweating in. he's got the um, webcam sweat <laughs> yeah on my <laughs> webcam Ugh. <laughs> Honestly, oh, you know what? Goodness. That's we should somebody should just clip that and turn that into maybe that's our first meme right there. Magic toaster, that, hurry, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we are officially Ooh. bringing the meme contest back, and uh, we have partnered with Cardo to actually give away Cardos as a, a prize, which that's is huge, awesome. Yeah, that's so, uh, huge shout out to Cardo for doing that, and uh, we're gonna have to figure out a way so that. Full Metal Corgi doesn't just end up with 12 Cardos. You know what? It's okay. Full Metal Corgi will hopefully just feel altruistic and give them away to... Yeah. So we're going to... We are we are bringing back the meme contest. And last little announcement before we dive into topics. I am going to the Forgotten Angels campout with Shade Tree Surgeon. Uh, I'm actually going to be riding my ass across country on my Ducati. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Dude, you're insane. And yeah, so I'm going to be at the Forgotten Angels camp out. Um, I wasn't entirely sure whether or not I was 100% going, but now I'm 100% going. Uh, and I'm just going to I'm just going to send it because I can. Can you stream a body cam so we make sure that you're 
still alive by the end? It's only nine hours each day. No, no, no. I was thinking more of the party. Oh, part, the yeah. partying part. No, I'm gonna try to not like, you know, engage in mind altering experiences mm. while I'm there too much. Uh, although I think the whole experience may be mind altering. Um, so yeah, if you're there, we'll I'll see you then. So. With that being said, let's dive into what makes a motorcycle great. And I wanted to start with you just like dive in and let me know cuz you have these just really unique ways of looking at motorcycles Are you that sure? d- that aren't that it's not specs driven, it's no, not like never. God no. It's just it's like you have this deep spiritual connection to something or you don't. It's called it's really simple. It's called getting a boner. Like, you know right away when you ride a bike, when you leave a parking lot, it doesn't make your giblet tingle. You yeah. know. it. You don't have to go fast. You don't have to rip it. You don't have to do anything. It's like the moment that you hit the ignition and it turns on and just start going a little bit. It's almost like the throttle response, the way it sounds, everything mm-hmm. kind of, it's the way it ignites. So it's just it, that it's that whole soul, bo- soul boner mentality. Absolutely. And it, because I think you're also approaching the motorcycle with a preconceived notion of how it's going to be. Yeah. Right. And then as you're riding it, it morphs and changes. That's one of the weirdest things. I think riding so many different bikes, you really do like prejudge a bike before you even get on it. And it's, it, you, you sort of develop this idea of, oh, this is what it's going to be like. What was your preconceived notion of the Pikes Peak Multistrada? So the Pikes Peak Multi, I thought it was going to just be like an adventure bike. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just going to be a big-ass adventure bike, and it wasn't. It was like a giant supermoto, and that, that like, blew my mind when yes. I first got on it. And I was like, oh, no, this is <laughs> awesome. And at what moment, at what millisecond, and at what second into the ride did you know that? Probably when I rolled onto the highway, I can, it's, it's funny cause AF1 is situated right on that highway entrance mm-hmm. and you can power onto the highway and then go on to 183. Right. We did that immediately. Yeah. It's okay. the first thing we do. And usually at that point I can be like, Oh, this is going to be a good day or you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's, it, it's like that first splashy impression that it's hard to, it's hard to get away from, you know? And I feel like you and I become all consumed by certain bikes. It mm-hmm. kind of starts permeating your entire body and your entire consciousness, um, which has seemingly happened the last two times that we've filmed. I want to know if that happens to everybody or are we just eccentric weirdos? I mean, mm-hmm. what do you, you've ridden a whole bunch of bikes, Josh. What do you think about that idea of like, do, do you get an all consuming urge to buy? Cause I will say that I'm kind of like a lab in that sense. Be like, this is awesome. I f-ing love this, or this is awesome. I f-ing love that. Um, do you get that feeling or do you just, cause you've ridden a whole bunch of bikes and you are more vocal about the ones you don't like than the ones that you do in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? I've ridden so many bikes and my favorite is still the first bike I ever rode. Which um, is what? The SV. But, yeah. yeah. SV is still, still my favorite. Just a giant SV oh, fanboy. God. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still <laughs> my favorite bike. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely get the infectious feeling, but like if I'm on a bike, 
I have yet to get on one and be like, oh, this is coming home with me. I'm going to do everything in my power to put this in my garage. Really? You know, I, I, yeah. I have, I'm trying to think of a bike that is like moved me so much that I'm like, Oh, I, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out how to get, cause I'm that way when I want something like I get totally hooked onto it and my whole universe starts to center around making that happen. And I don't think that's really happened with, a you know what that says yet. to me about Josh hmm. is the type of rider he is right? Because it's like, if Josh, okay, if you had to make a Venn diagram of your passion of motorcycles, what are they and how are they shared? Um, are we looking at classes of motorcycles or like, no, no, no. We're looking at riding what or? you love about them. Like, how are you distributing that? Ooh, okay. Um, sorry to put you on blast. <laughs> like no, no, that, that's but, good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's equal, but it's between feel and it's between looks. It's between the way that it feels in my in my right hand on the throttle, and it's the way that the bike looks because I'm pretty I don't know I'm kind of vain and I really like, like a good looking motorcycle. Um, it's also you know I I will be immediately turned off from a bike if it ever does anything that I think it shouldn't do. Um, if the suspension like isn't what? quite there, like you know I'm in a corner and I'm pushing and the front starts to kind of wobble or wander mm-hmm. and. Uh, it feels just like what I'm not even doing anything weird. Why are you being weird? Um, that will immediately, I'm like, nah, this, I, I don't like it. <laughs> um, but mm, yeah, I think it really comes down to, to feel and looks. Cause like I rented that a 790, a Duke 790 and I rode it for like 12 hours one day here in Colorado over a summer. And the feel was amazing. I loved, I loved every bit of riding it. The rear tire had a flat spot and that, you know, I could overlook that and that was kind of bothering me throughout the ride, but it felt amazing, but I didn't like the look of it really. Mm. (laughs) And so I was still like only 50% there with it. I still like didn't really want it. I I don't know. I think I'm still searching. Mm. So let me ask you this guys, where do you put specs in terms of what, makes a bike for you like do you guys consider because i i think i know the answer for you is not at all you don't give a flying (laughs) but i'm wondering where you kind of put specs and all that josh because you're kind of more i guess more analytical in that sense you you kind of you're like you strike me as the kind of guy who might leave a comment on a video being like yeah okay the bike looks cool and all but i could get more bike if i went with this sv650 you know what i mean yeah, yeah. I think the only spec that really matters to me is weight. I think weight is the one spec that I'm really looking for. When I see a bike, I like the look of it. I imagine that I would like riding it. I immediately go to see how much it weighs. Because um, Josh likes to carve up corners. You don't? Do you think about weight? No. No, neither do I. So, like <laughs> with my with my Hyperstrata, I rode it one day. And I was, cause, uh, I was going to make a video about it and I, I was actually talking with the guys at AF one and I was like, you know, it's got the bags. I like the look. It's better than my supermoto. I think I want to buy it. And so they were like, well, why don't you go do a day in the saddle review on it? I was like, okay, the harvest classic is coming up. Take it on Saturday. Okay. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave me the keys. I wrote it all day and I was like, I'm gonna buy it. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, 
it's like 450 pounds. But I was I didn't care enough that it was like, oh, I could go get a lighter motorcycle. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And in in like comparisons, it's not as big of a deal. It's kind of on feel. But for me, I just feel like the the ability to live with a bike for me. And now I have my bikes like very tightly packed in the garage. I have short legs and, you know, don't touch the ground very well. And I feel like living with a bike that has too much weight, extra weight, it, it just kind of takes away from the, uh, you know, the experience of it. Even my CRF 250L, uh, it's heavy compared to dirt bikes. And, and I mm-hmm. noticed that when I go on a dirt bike ride and then I come back and ride my CRF around, it's like, man, this thing's a pig. Um, even though I, you know, I like a lot about it, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably the only spec. I mean, yeah, I could say horsepower, but like, you know, I'm probably like, I'm pretty okay. If we're within 70 to 130 horsepower, like if we're somewhere in there, I'm pretty good. I'm all right. Uh, even below that, I'm okay. If it's like a very specific use for that bike. Um, mm. I remember really enjoying your KLR when I rode it. Um, you know, I mean, it just felt right. It didn't feel out of sorts. It didn't feel underpowered necessarily for what we were doing with it. Uh, but that's, you know, what, what is that? 40 horsepower, 50 horsepower. Yeah. You also, it was, it's 40 and 40 and you wrote it in the most flattering place for it, which was like on a gravel road. That's <laughs> yeah. literally the perfect yeah. place to test ride a KLR. If you get it yeah. on the highway, you're just like, Oh my God, why is it so <laughs> slow? Exactly. Oh, I handed it back right before that. Merge and then just going behind everybody. Story <laughs> yeah, of the KLR's life. I'm like, whatever. So let me, let, let's transition then. So we've, we've sort of sussed out what makes bikes good. What are your favorite motorcycles? I'm going to start out with mine and there's, only two bikes on the face of the planet that I would buy without thinking Pan America and a 2007 Honda 919. Those are the only two motorcycles on the face of the planet. I will buy without thinking. And the reason why I love the 919 is because it smells. It's really weird. It <laughs> smells. You get on a 919 and they it, it, Google it, it. It stinks. Everybody knows it smells like just outrageously rich exhaust and you cannot fix it. Nobody has fixed the stinky exhaust smell. But when you're sitting in this giant cloud of rich exhaust and you get off it and your hair smells like exhaust, (laughs) it has this whine because the uh, inline four is so understressed that it literally sounds like a boat. It just kind of does this love, 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 love thing. And every time it cycles, it has this whistle from the intake. And it's just, I had one and I regret getting rid of it every day of my life. And then I freaking love the Pan America so much because it's different. It's just different. Harley had no right to make that motorcycle as awesome as it is. And it's awesome. And it's priced oh great. And it, it hey, rides Have you seen great. the hooligan bikes? The hooligan yes. builds? Oh, I cannot wait I for them to ride actually one. make a great <laughs> naked bike though. But it's like the, the Pan America is my halo Harley. I, I, the lowrider ST was great, but I'm not going to spend $22,000 on it. I will spend $20,000 on a Pan America. I hate how much I simp about the Pan America. I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like a bottom heavy bike, right? So the, the weight feels more centered. Mm-hmm. You saw me just ripping it. Cause it just is so comfy. Yeah. 
Like you, it, it, the times we've gone out on motorcycles, you've ridden Harleys faster than any other bike that we I ride. know. And suddenly something <laughs> in my brain is shifting and it's got to be the weight distribution mm -hmm. and how much easier it makes just riding. It's because I hate how top heavy bikes feel like the street fighter V4S. That thing was so, you're like, Oh God, it's so beefy up in the top end that I don't feel comfortable on that. Mm -hmm. So, and it's not even the seat uh, height because the Pan America has a tall seat height, no. but you can lower the out of it too. Yes. And then it, it just, it's got all the bells and whistles too. So sadly I have to say the best bike I've ever ridden is the goddamn Pan America. <laughs> it it lowers you so to the ground. We got <laughs> We, when we went to Sturgis and we rode it, we both like came back different people. Yes. I was like, oh, <laughs> something's different. So I'm a different person. Yeah. It the was, directions it was in a, both of your lives changed. It yeah. was an eye opening experience. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I actually really appreciated the ride height adjustment thing because that's a tough bike for me to ride at, at the height. Uh, you remember when it put me in a puddle, though? Yes. Oh, my what God. Happened? I remember that. Okay, you tell the story because this, this is great. Man, it it was one of the best rides of my life, honestly. We went out after we had been on a big ride that day on our bikes that we yep. that we had we went on the expert trails and did some gnarly riding. And that evening before the sun went down, we found Matt um, from Harley Davidson out at the uh get on moto fest in Sturgis. And we were like, hey, we uh I don't, why did we even get on the? I don't remember why. I just remember we went to him and he hooked us up with the bikes and all three of us went out on them. Uh, I think you that we content? went out on the Pan Ams because you were having issues with your fork seals on oh, the on yeah, the yeah, yeah. CRF because that is you it. were dealing with the <laughs> your forks were leaking on the CRF and it got all banged up. Yep, you're exactly right. Yeah, I uh, by the time I got the bike home, it had completely empty fork tubes. <laughs> And yeah. I got charged a fee for that trailer because there was fork oil all over it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's uh, still fork oil from the CRF on my KLR. Probably. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you'll be happy to know that bike is going pretty soon here. It's about time to start cleaning it up and getting rid of it. But yeah, yeah. He hooked me up with a Pan Am because they had demos out there. Harley had demos for people at the Get On Fest. And, you know, most of the demos had winded down. And so he just, you know, put me on a demo. He's like, we can go. We, we, you're with me. We'll just go ride. And we did yeah. some amazing twisty roads. And you wanted to go down this dirt road. And I was like, come on. I, I told you beforehand I didn't want to do any gnarly off road, too. And this wasn't gnarly at all. It never, it didn't really get gnarly. But I was, was trying like to turn road. around. Yeah. We we had to turn around though. We were like, yeah, we don't know where this goes. So we had to turn around, and in the middle of the road, I mean, it was wider than two track. It was dirt. I was just gonna go around a puddle. It, at, when I got to the far side of it, it was off camber, and I couldn't touch the ground on either side because it was really sloped downhill. And I just fell straight on my side, right on my no! back, into this giant puddle. <laughs> yeah, there's a clip that's been circulating of someone who did the exact same fall. They came out a little muddier than i did um but yeah right in front of matt too and he was like oh i didn't want to bust the bike up he had done me oh, such a solid no. in hooking me up with that right uh, in front of matt <laughs> he was just sitting <laughs> no. there i mean that you had both already turned around and y'all were like y'all were watching me like 
this is going to be good. I could tell. I, I, <laughs> I've watched people, you know, in those situations. Like, all right, let's see if he's got this figured out. I should have stepped off of it and just walked it and turned it around. But I was like, yeah, I got this. And I'd been riding my CRF all day. And I did not have it <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, so it was great. Rode back wet and cold. and oh. But immediately after that, we got on Van Ocker Canyon. Do you remember that one? That's the road that like just snakes down through. Is it, is it the, the, you see the grade sign and I go, I've never seen a number that high before. No. Cause you're like this. No. So it's not that steep. It's just like a giant long snake that goes down for oh, like, it's I like, can't wait to go back descending for like five miles. It's if you've never ridden Van Ocker oh, Canyon, God. you owe it to yourself. It's one of the best roads in America. And when we went, it was empty on why, both wait, sides it was completely empty nobody yep. was out riding because it was right after sunset oh. and we were flying <laughs> down and if i was not on my kale if i was on a pan am i probably would have binned it because i was going as fast as i could down that road Naughty on my boys. klr yeah, yeah, and was Matt going... was snapping pictures. Matt pulled out his cell phone and was writing one hand snapping photos. There's one on yeah. my Instagram that he sent me. Uh, it, it was nuts. Awesome. That was that one was... of the best rides I've ever had in my life. Damn. Yeah, totally agree. It was so good. It just, even though it put me in the puddle, that bike won me over. I was <laughs> like, wow, this thing is sweet. Because uh, it is. It's very fun on twisties. And I know with some practice, I could get it to do what I wanted off-road. Um, but you know, I haven't done the practice. I haven't spent the time on a big bike off road. I've decided to figure it out on small bikes, dirt bikes first, and then try and get an adventure bike. But, uh, after training this or not training, but filming with Jocelyn snow this weekend and seeing her riding the GS 1250 and doodle on her tiger 900. Um, yeah. And Amanda was on a Africa twin. I was like, okay, all right. There are techniques to make this work. And uh, then you can do those massive trips. So, Real quick, before we keep going, uh, demonetized content asking, does the suspension get stiff when lowered on the Pan Am? No, it doesn't. It no, stays nice and soft. It's, you guys have to experience the magical essence that is a Pan Am suspension. Yeah. I think it's it's better than anything else. When I say Harley had no right to make a bike that good, yes. they had no right to make a bike that good. <laughs> but he doesn't, we, it, it, demonetized doesn't mean like lowered like you'd lower a bike because the seat height's too high, does he? Like, like, like lowering links or, um, lower just seat. means like when it electronically lowers. Yeah. No, the suspension valving stays the same. They just lower how long it is. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's amazing. But we can't let you off the hook, Josh. Your favorite motorcycle of all time, go. And it's not the SV650. Please don't let it be the SV650. <laughs> But yeah. you can say whatever you want. Just don't let it be <laughs> the SV650. Don't say SV650. <laughs> it's not the SV650. Um, man, it's so hard. Honestly, it's like I feel like I haven't found it yet. I I really feel Whoa. that way. Um, I really feel like I haven't found it yet. And I would say the bike I've had the most fun on so far is a dirt bike <laughs> and specifically the wr450f um yeah wr450f totally out of left field yeah um it's uh it's a plated bike it's a street legal bike 
uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally is. And oh, cool. it's big and it rips your arms off and it's a handful, Massive. you know, 250 dual sports like the WR250 or CRF250. They're so polite. And then you get on something like that or like a, a 500, like a FE501 or a 500EXC or something like that. And holy cow, <laughs> they're light, they're small, and they are just animals. Um, and I love that. I love how freaking wired those machines are, and especially the, the WR450F. We've got them in our rental fleet, and that's why I get to ride it so much because I can take it when I want to. I get like... 99% discount on our rental charge. So I can pretty much take it whenever I want to. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And it is, it's really, really good. Um, I'd spent like 20 minutes on a beta X trainer, a cross trainer. It's, but it's like Damn. spelled like an X trainer. And that's a 300 CC two stroke, like, trail bike like it's like super soft suspension like even short riders can handle it but and, and i love that thing blew my mind but i didn't spend enough time on it to be able to say that it was my favorite i never know if i want a dirt bike or a trail bike because riding trails seems like it'd be the best thing ever it's tough because i really like the idea of being able to be on the street <laughs> i know you well i was going to ask you it's like so josh could hang up his tarmac riding keys Am I right in that? Yeah, because you're out in Colorado and you got just trails all over the place, right? Yeah, but again, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping I'm setting my sights on getting really good on our Tenere 700s because I don't want to put a bike in a truck. That's annoying. That <clears throat> bothers me to just put it on a truck, go to a trail, and only ride that one system that you're allowed to ride in. I really would like. Um, I'd really like to just take off from my garage, load it down. Go for twelve hours, hit trails, hit a hit a short section of single track, uh, and do highways. You know, okay. You should yeah. um, you should definitely get connected with the guys at Ride ADV. They would they yeah. would t teach you all the tips and tricks that are awesome for riding off road. Shameless plug. They're awesome dudes and they're amazing. They're who I want to ride around the world with. Like if I could pay somebody to help me go down Mexico through Central America. Like you could absolutely do like peyote oh, with Tyler. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so with all of that being said, let's open it up to the discord boys and see what their uh, ideas of great bikes are and uh, what makes motorcycles awesome. So let's dive in with, Oh, here we go. Corgi. <laughs> what are the odds that this one is going to be about the KZ EV? I'm thinking about a hundred percent. We should have we should have a, a full metal corgi eight ball. Yeah, and we can shake it and make guesses. We should just make a corgi eight ball. Yes, that, that, that's a thing that we need to make. Uh, okay, so corgi says, "What makes bike great? Simple. Does it bring you joy? My favorite bike is obviously my homebrew EV because I made it. And simply put, every other electric bike is overpriced trash by comparison. Man." <laughs> maybe i shouldn't have named it the ego <laughs> hey corgi real quick what was the bike that you showed us on the discord and you're like i, I want to ev this and we were all like wait what you're gonna ev that but you called it yep you called it i mean it the the amount of pride you feel when you're like this bike will never run but i built it so if it runs it's gonna be the best will you ride it what if we went and visited him would you oh, ride, I'd it? ride it okay yeah i would ride it too i'd, I'd wear my asbestos underwear but i would ride it 
<laughs> Look, just say goodbye to your balls and it'll be okay. Expectos got more words here. Uh, keep them short, guys, please. Uh, but what makes a, gra- a bike great is its ability to make you feel something. And that something is going very bleh, is going to vary a whole lot. Absolutely. That's the that's the biggest thing that I was trying to say in the versus video is the versus made me feel nothing. It didn't it didn't make you me were f- so overwhelmed with the nothingness that it made you collapse from the inside out. Yeah, like even if it even <laughs> if something's bad on a bike, that's fun. Like you can you can ride a bike in spite of something being bad. Like the Royal Enfield's front brakes are appalling but I still like riding it because it's fun. Yeah. And I'm making a video, hopefully this week, fingers crossed, depending on if the part gets in, of replacing that front brake. And then that little Royal Enfield is going to be great. But you can still have a lot of fun because then you start using the engine and stuff. So even if it's got flaws, you can enjoy them. And the, the Versus was just like, I felt I, I felt nothing. Yeah, like I'll there's no way to fix this. That. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to have fun here. <laughs> Favorite bike changes all the time and it always will do so. So this is a dude who just clearly has no allegiance. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's in the Whitney camp. No allegiance to anything. Yeah, it's like it'll be my favorite bike for nine months and then it'll switch to something else for... If you get a Pan America, will it be your favorite bike for nine months or will it be your favorite bike forever? <sighs> that, I that remember I was riding and I was like, I feel like I could marry this bike mm-hmm. because I suddenly saw myself 20 years from now, like, oh, let's let's go to Patagonia. Mm-hmm. Let's go let's go to Alaska. Like that bike I could see forming an Ewan McGregor style bond with. That, w- that one would just live These in the These are kind of temporary. I feel like most bikes mm-hmm. are temporary. Yeah. Josh is the ultimate flipper of motorcycles, for sure. You've flipped more bikes in in the time that I've known you than... Has he? At least the SV. You <laughs> bought the new one, the, the silver SV to flip it, and then now you're flipping the, the dirt bike. Yeah, I mean, I think I buy them with the... I, I sell it to everyone around me as like, oh, I'm going to flip it. And then I hold on to them for a couple years on, yeah. and ride them and don't flip them. Uh, yeah, I'm in the process of getting them sold, but you're right. I mean, I've been through an SV650, and I got I sold that for more than I more than I bought it for. Um, and I'm I'm all always into buying a bike cheap. There's like my neighbor's mm-hmm. got this uh, old looks like a GS500, like a like a 2008, like really bad Suzuki motorcycle. <laughs> but uh, you know, it just sits in the snow, and I've been considering offering that dude 200 bucks for it and just getting it running and selling it to some beginner for a thousand bucks or something like that. I love that. I, I, for some reason I cannot fathom spending like finance amount of money on a, a new bike. I love riding them so much, but like, I just don't want to drop 15, 20 grand on a bike. What's the most you'll spend on a bike? That's a good question. I've considered, that's the thing. I don't want to, I don't know why, I, I finance my cars. I, you know, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I don't have any issue with financing stuff, but with bikes, it just, I would sell all my bikes and maybe buy a $10,000 motorcycle. Buy what kind of motorcycle? $10,000 bike. A $10,000 mm-hmm. bike because I could get so much bike for 10 grand. And mm-hmm. even if it's a few years old, like I'm totally into it. I feel like there's just such a premium on them when they're kind of two, three years old. Um, and bikes that are older speak to me more a little bit and not, I'm not old, old, like I've got an old, old bike. 
I hate that thing. <laughs> Have you Just ever not financed a, a bike, Whitney? When I was buying vintage bikes, they weren't financed. You so but you this, bought those cash? Yes. Yeah. Because I've yeah. I've financed Harley one, Harley two, Honda two, KTM, and then Honda one, <laughs> Ducati. KLR's finance, so that's five, and DRZ. I've financed more than I've bought cash. I've financed more than I've bought, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I haven't. I've got buys so far all just buying cash bikes. But, like, the most expensive bike I've spent money on was the CRF, and I paid four grand for that. That that's is like, crazy so that cheap. you got it for four grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm planning on selling it for four grand, and it's a whole lot more beat up now. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to get four grand out of that in Colorado yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's got 2000 miles on it. So next up, we've got Dasco here. Uh, what makes a bike great seems to me to be a bike that was designed to meet a clear and focused set of goals. Mm. If it succeeds at those goals genuinely, then you've got a great machine. That's interesting. That's a really interesting way to, that's a box to put a bike in for sure. That's what so many people said about the Versus 650. So many people love the Versus because they were like, Kawasaki set out to make a bike that will just get everything done. It's not yeah. going to blow your mind, <laughs> but it's cheap. Yeah. Well, and go, go buy one secondhand. Imagine yourself, you need, you, you want to ride, you want to put big miles because you're going to be commuting every single day. And you can go buy one on Craigslist for three grand, you know? I assume they yeah. get pretty cheap used. I think I think my counter to the that again, I, I I'm sorry to beat up the versus so much, guys, but this is just <laughs> dude, you've got versus <laughs> on the brain. I, I just wanna I wanna murder every versus 650 and toss it into Mount Doom. That's just that's my end goal here. If I can if I can do that, I'll die happy. But okay. anyway, uh I think that if you set goals, you should at least strive for one of those goals to be pushing the boundaries in some way. You know? Yeah. I feel like a, a I think that's the American in us. Probably. Because because we ride as a novelty and we ride to finance bikes and we want that wow factor and we prioritize the wow factor. For sure. Because I, I feel too there's some of us that are a little bit more romantically involved with motorcycles and it's not so much being pragmatic as much as it is like, Oh God, I'm nervous. So, you know, like all that, the lovely romance feelings you get with a bike. And I feel like you and I are 100% more like that. How many bikes have you had? In Six or seven. How many have you had Josh? Um, five. Oh, no, eight. Okay. So I had two Harleys. I had two Hondas. I had the KTM, Kawasaki, Ducati, uh, it's weird Suzuki. That we don't know it offhand. I, I think I've had eight. I think I've had eight motorcycles. So we've had a, and I've only been riding since 2017. That's crazy. I've been riding since <laughs> 2012. Yeah. So I've gone, I have not kept a bike for more than a year, except for the DRZ. I kept that one for a year. Uh, the KLR has now crested a year and so, yeah, the you're KTM romantic. Yeah, so you're whining and dining your bikes. They come and go yes. real fast, and the yes. KLR is on the chopping block. Oh, we we knew that the second I saw those <laughs> tires, I was like, oh, he don't care about this boy no more. <laughs> he do not care about him no more. 
Oh, poor KLR. It had a short poor but KLR good run. Sure. Josh, <laughs> you need to see it. I just, I will never forget when I was in South Dakota and I was riding with Brandon Wise behind me and I went over the handlebars on that hand, that single track. I'll put yeah. up the clip. It is hysterical. I just, I went over the bars so fast <laughs> on that bike and we both were like that f- something up on this motorcycle for sure. We're not sure if it's going to start. And of course it just fires right up. Oh, I'm that's, so glad I'd hate to be stranded. That stupid KLR will never die. Nope. And it's awesome, but I that's don't hilarious. I mean, there's adventure bikes. Yeah, uh, I'm not throwing Amanda uh, under the bus or anything like that. But while we were training, uh, every mm-hmm. time her bike would fall over, it took like two or three cranks, and she would say, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta like give it a pep talk," and she'd like rub the tank and give it a little pep talk, but because it didn't start on the first crank, and you know, I'm sure there's some dirty injectors or some pinch line somewhere, something going on that is causing that. But like for the KLR to be just that dumb reliable is pretty respectable it is it's pretty respectable um it's a very yeah. respectable bike i was going like 15 or 20 miles an hour and it went from 15 or 20 to zero instantly yeah and it both <laughs> tires of the klr left the ground for sure both tires left the ground because yeah. if you look at the picture of where it fell it's like three feet from the trail <laughs> Well, that it's when the design is flawless, they keep it that way. That's yep. how I feel. That's the reason why this damn engine is. It's because it, it just keeps going. Yeah. And so Dasco's favorite bike uh, to get to part two here is his TU250X because it's simple, retro, made well, handles decently, little uh, 15 horsepower engine that loves always that loves to always pull. I don't think a 15 horsepower engine pulls. Yeah, you define know. pull, Dasco. Yeah. Just goes. Oh, interesting. I didn't. I actually didn't know what a two, TU two fifty X was. That's what I did my test on. TU two fifties are they're yeah. they're they're like the little. Um, it's like if a uh, TW two hundred had street tires. Mm-hmm. They're okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Little it, donkeys. It, it's a lot cuter than a Honda Rebel. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's much better looking. Yeah, it's a good looking bike. So Toaster here, what makes his bike a bike great? Fast acceleration, good brakes, amazing throttle response while beating a supercar for uh for 100 uh, for 120th the cost and gives me adrenaline fix. So this dude is just all about that like super sport life. And of course, yeah. he owns an performance ego. <laughs> yeah. And this performance performance. I think this is what a lot of people think I'm looking for in a motorcycle Mm. and not, not to say that toaster's got it wrong, because if you want your adrenaline fix, you absolutely should get it from a motorcycle. Don't, don't go buy some donkey. If you want to go fast, get an, get the bike. That's going to make you just get rock hard, hard rock. There we go. We're We're on the hard rock, (laughs) rock hard cafe train. Uh, but magic toaster says I'm never wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that is the ultimate tautology right there. It's, it's an improve. It's a unfalsifiable statement. We can't, we can't even begin to get into that logical black hole right there. But, uh, I think a lot of people consider that's what I'm looking for in a bike is, is it needs to be this amazing performance thing. And, I was like, no, it doesn't. It just needs to be fun. That's why I own a KLR 650. 
Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me, I, I prioritize all the performance aspects except for power. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I'm still so worried I'm going to kill myself if I get on a, a high horsepower bike. Uh, if I own one specifically, like if I rode one every day, because I can, I have a hard time resisting using that you power. Do. Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> I mean, and I love a great suspension. So that's why I'm kind of like really curious about the uh, ZXR 400, the, the new Kawasaki 400 in line four. Um, I'm kind of curious about that bike because it's got so much performance, not a crazy amount of power, revs out really high. I think it might be a good bike for me, honestly. I, I'm excited to ride one once we get mm. one in off the shop. We have one coming. Dude, we have a, a KTM RC8C coming as what? well it's like unloaded any day this is coming and i'm so excited they won't let me take Aren't it those things like 30 grand yes they're 40 grand yeah they're, they're oh, i think this year they're 45 yeah god <laughs> damn josh, that's a spicy josh, will they let you bring that to the track please say yes so bad assler here says what makes a bike great orange so uh, he's he's in the <laughs> camp as same camp as orange who is actually a human in the discord server uh they are KTM people uh, through and through his favorite motorcycle, KTM 690 Enduro with the rally tower. Best of all rounder light, uh, best all rounder light orange power parts. Every, everybody knows if you put orange power parts on your motorcycle, you faster. add one horsepower, each one. Have you ever seen all the baby gear, the KTM baby gear they have at TJ's? Yes. They've got the binkies, the onesies, the diaper snappy. I was like, yo, KTM people are KTM people through and through. There were sippy cups. I was like, where am I? (laughs) Yeah, even if you don't own a KTM, I feel like once you fall in love with one, you're kind of still a KTM guy. KTM person. Like, even if it's it's gone and you've moved on to another bike, there's still a, a piece of you that's like, you're really keeping one eye on what KTM's still doing and hoping that there's a bike that's right for you. <laughs> I will still never forget the 2015 Super Duke, as long as I live. Super Duke is something else. Yeah. That, that's another one of my faves, too. Yeah. Uh, Stank Nooner says, great bikes are the one that fill your need at the time and put a smile on your face while you do it. My MT-07 does just that. How many bikes... This question goes for you, Josh. Okay, let's say you're 65. You're sitting in your garage. How many bikes are you looking at? 20. Yes, yes, me too. Yeah. Let's open a museum. Let's just like plan to do that in the future. (laughs) You only got the one ass. Does it? I don't care how many asses I have. I've got 20 days. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I could at least get away with like five. Probably. I think I could, I think I could make five happen. Although it would be really cool to still have all my bikes. I would be very excited. I would, I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe getting a house one day and I'm like, if I get there, I'm just going to keep the bikes. As long as they work, I'm just going to keep them. Yeah. Uh, like I don't want to get rid of the Ducati. Ducati's too cool. I paid $700 for heated grips, oil, oil filter, brake pads, and all sorts of to prep it for this trip. And I was like, God damn it. That's, that's some Ducati price, but I don't <laughs> care because it's just, I'm going to have to do the Desmos when I get back too. So rest in peace, my bank account. Do you but, like pain? You like pain. 
it's just so much fun to ride. It's and you, true. It's true. Yeah. If I had extra cash to go on a week long trip, I would do it in a heartbeat because it's like, you just want to ride and see what crazy shit see and fall yep. in love with your bike. So Josh, you said 20, you want 20 bikes in your future garage? Uh, I mean, I could imagine 20. 15. I will say though, I'm totally oh. against the whole like private personal collection that no one sees yeah. them. They aren't oiled or fueled up or anything like that. They never go out. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to museums. Museums are fine. They're sharing the love with everybody. But like, if it's not in a museum, if it's just a private collection of some rich dude. Uh, I'm not about that. I'll a lot of Ducati people do that where they buy like an, an old 916 and they drain the fluids and it never runs. It's just on stands. And yeah, it makes me so sad. If you want one, go for it. If you want one, you want to hang it on the wall in your living room or something like that in your restaurant. Cause it's absolutely gorgeous. Go for it. If you start collecting every desirable bike, just cause you have enough money and uh, people don't get to ride them because of that. I I'm very anti that. So last up here, wrapping things up, we have demonetized content saying customization is what makes a bike great. The more options for it, the more it becomes yours. My mm. favorite bikes are the neglected ones. So basically he's given, uh, he's opening up his garage like a shelter for misfit motorcycles. I could dissect that with a dull scalpel, but I won't because it's the end of the podcast. But yeah, I don't do you customize your bikes? I do and I don't. So yeah, the DRZ, I, I spent a lot of time customizing. Same with my 919. It's actually part of the reason why it got as bad as it did. Uh, is just because I taught myself how to work on them. And I broke a lot of shit in the process. Mm -hmm. And then, the, yeah, the DRZ was just like a little sick puppy that was just like, it had only three legs and it was missing an eye. And part of its ear got right. bitten off in a street alley fight. Um, yep. and I was just trying to give it a good home. And every time I tried to like pet it, it bit me. So that was, that was my experience with the DRZ, <laughs> but I will do like a, a couple of little things here and there, not like complete overhauls, but if I had a sportster or like a Royal Enfield, yes, I would just completely mm. tear them apart and do all kinds of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I actually have a very deep desire to do major customizations, build I do too. build a custom subframe, like completely transform the overall shape and silhouette of the bike. You know, like I, I have a deep desire to you know put it in some program where I can you know graphically make a plan for what I want to do. I don't know CAD design yet, but you know it might be something I figure out. Uh, I, I have a deep desire to do that. I haven't done it yet. The most work I ever did to customize a bike is the SV I have now because it had like an atrocious dirt bike headlight on it. And it's a S model that's now naked and it's two different paint tones and yeah, it, you know, but no, I, I, uh, I really want to like heavily customize a bike because I really Josh, like the build choppers together. Yeah. I've considered that's getting always a been my dream. My dream build is like a really sick early seventies chopper. XS660, yeah. yes. the, the, the Yamaha one. The I think chopper. that's the one that you're going to end up with. Not not like some Harley that you're going to try to chop out. It's just going to be like There's an old. some old Triumphs. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to do like a like an old Yamaha V-Twin, like an old 80s Vigoro or something like that. It's like kind of cruiser-y, but you could really make it into whatever you want. I just, I love the way those 
motors look. Uh, I have a neighbor. That's kind of why I'm on this train. <laughs> I have a neighbor who has one parked around and I see it all the time. And I'm like, it looks so weird and still so cool. It still looks Japanese, but there's a big V twin right there looking at you. And like the bars kind of have like a curve over the top. And uh, yeah, I, I want to get my hands on something like that. Well, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up because I'm looking at our live time. We've been on for an hour and 24 minutes. Not that is going to end up in the uh, video because we were waiting on Josh, who's got to get his figured out. So he's well, not well, just let's, let's meet with Josh beforehand next time. We'll yeah. Work. So it's not just <laughs> yeah. a frozen picture of him looking like he just fell down some stairs or just the, the <laughs> Google man. Uh, I appreciate the stickers, though, that y'all made of me. Oh, Lord, oh wait, did hilarious. they make stickers? I got, I'll go check them out. <laughs> we'll, There's we'll some from the last up one. When we cut to Josh's view in post, uh, I'll probably be editing this tomorrow or the next day. But anyway, <laughs> uh, remember, guys, next time we are doing the meme contest, and I'm super pumped to bring that back. And yes. uh, if you're watching, you want to get entered to win a Cardo, uh, all the information down in the description below. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this, and it actually makes it to YouTube. And... Uh, with that, guys, yeah. we will catch you in the next one. See you later.